Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Trocek behind the net. It's being spied by the Rangers. Hanging on to it. Gets it to Teravainen. Back to D'Angelo. D'Angelo takes a look. Sends it to Svechnikov. Back to D'Angelo. He shot the score! On the power play. Net front presence. And the Canes have paradise by the goal line. A 1-0 lead for Carolina. Busting in, sends it across, the score! Seth Jarvis buries it! And Carolina jumps out 2-0. Kept in at the blue line, yes, great job by Ajo. That shot hits the post as Stepan was in front. Stepan was providing net front as Ajo flung one towards Georgiev. Terravine is hurt. Oh boy. Terravine takes a big hit. And coming to his defense is Jesperi Kokiniemi. As he went after Barkley Goodrow, as the Canes didn't like the hit that was delivered on Teravainen. We're not going to worry about the fact they're aging me in dog years. Oh, Teravainen, spinning shot, Ajo with the follow-up, and he scores! Oh, the sorcery continues against the Rangers for Ajo! And the Canes get their three-goal lead back. It's 4-1 Carolina. Now Trocek, he's got the power play goal to Ajo. Ajo for D'Angelo. He walks the blue line. D'Angelo shot, he scores! Get fired up, Tony D'Angelo on the power play. Carolina goes up 6-3. Ten seconds left here at PNC Arena. The applause getting louder. Three seconds left. Kane send this the length of the ice. And that's the game. Tony D'Angelo with a monster night. A goal and two assists. Sebastian Ajo with another big night. 200 assists for a career in his 400th game and a goal. Frederick Anderson, 21 wins. And the Canes have their 27th win of the season. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. Adam Gold with you and the Hurricanes made another statement two games in three days two statements made i think this statement was better than the other statement the one against boston was about a team that's flat better than one better than the other carolina did that on the road in boston i don't know that there's that much separating the hurricanes and the new york rangers uh but carolina made a statement tonight Uh, they did not take their foot off the gas in the first two periods at all carolina was Way the better team through two. Uh, they did get a little bit of a uh, little bit, I don't know, uh, comfortable in the third period. 
but they got back on it and closed the game out in style. They win it 6-3. to three. Alec Campbell will join us in just a little bit. Remember, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Sammy Hannon and his crew do a great job. Uh, again, free no obligation estimate online at AluminumCompany.com. Coming off to, after the win in Boston, where Carolina was thoroughly dominant in a 7-1 win, to me, and I said this about the last time they played Boston, this is not to say that Boston isn't good. There are different levels of playoff teams uh, in each conference. And I believe Boston is at a tier below uh, what I believe to be the best teams in the East. And the, I think the East, especially the Metro, is just absolutely loaded. Uh, like, even though Washington has struggled, I'm not sure that there's that much difference at all between the Hurricanes, the Rangers, the Capitals, and even the Penguins. And then you throw Florida and Tampa there, uh, and I think you have six teams that could come out of the East. I do not think Boston and Toronto are in that class. I don't care what points percentage tells us with the Maple Leafs. Uh, until, uh, until otherwise proven, I will not buy Toronto at all. I don't think Toronto or Boston is winning a playoff series. I think Toronto will lose to either Tampa or Florida, whichever one of those two teams they meet. And Boston, to me, is going to end up playing the winner of the uh, Metropolitan Division as the second wild card in. If it's Carolina, Carolina's better than Boston. Uh, and if it happens to be the Rangers or Washington, uh, maybe that's a better matchup, actually, for Boston. But I, I don't care who it is. Uh, I think the Boston Bruins are going to be a one-and-done. Um, of course, I'm saying this now. Who knows what happens between now and the end of the season? Certain guys could just catch fire. Uh, Jake DeBrus could remember how to play and score, and maybe Boston's a different team. I don't know. Um, but And maybe other teams have injuries. Carolina certainly had a, a little bit of a problem with that tonight. But anyway, what my, my point is uh, that I look at the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers in a very similar vein. This was not about proving we're better than you. This was about establishing a little bit of dominance, a little bit of that mentality that all of those years that you kicked our ass all over the ice, those years are over. Uh, and the Hurricanes, uh, although Mika Zibanejad did score his requisite goal against <laughs> Carolina, it is a nutty, nutty stretch for Zibanejad. If I could just find this real quick, uh, Mika Zibanejad, uh, now in his last 13 games, against the Hurricanes, and I don't believe he, did he have another, did he figure in on any of the other uh, goals tonight? I have to find that out. I'll get that in a second. Uh, but Zibanejad, uh, in now his last 13 games, has nine goals against Carolina. Nine goals in 13 games. It is insane how good Zibanejad has been against Carolina. But then again, uh, Zibanejad's been kind of good against everybody the last few years. Uh, there's a guy who just, uh, yeah, he got an assist tonight as well. So uh, nine goals, 12 assists. So that's 21 points in his, in his last 13 games against the Hurricanes. That's pretty good. Uh, sort of Sebastian Ajo-like, huh? Sebastian had uh, three goals in the four games a couple of years ago in the regular season. The Carolina didn't win, right? Uh, then they had the pause. And uh, then they went to the bubble, and then the Hurricanes swept the Rangers 
out of bubble hockey, and Ajo had three goals and eight points. Three goals, five assists in that series, uh, and had a three-point night tonight. So now has 11 points in his last four games against the Rangers. Ajo was excellent tonight. There were a lot of guys who were excellent tonight. Andrei Svechnikov was excellent tonight. Jacob Slavin was Jacob Slavin tonight, although did did uh, did not have a point. Tony D'Angelo had his second consecutive three-point night for the Hurricanes, and he was absolutely brilliant tonight. He had a couple of puck management problems tonight. He gave the puck away four times. He was definitely culpable on the on the goal that made it 5-3. Uh, before you know, short of the midway point of the uh, third period, and at that point, Carolina's like, "Oh, we're in a hockey game. That's right, we're playing a hockey game." The Rangers are really good, man. I watched the game against the Leafs the other night. Um, it was two nothing Toronto, then it was three one Toronto, and the Rangers won at six three. Now there was a goal disallowed. Austin Matthews get it with a uh, kicking motion, kicked the puck in past Shesterkin. And uh, so that goal was waved off. It w- would have made it 5-4. Maybe it's interesting. Uh, but the Rangers were, I mean, way better. Way better than Toronto after the first period. Uh, and by the way, before we get into the game, a little surprised that the Rangers played Gorgiev tonight instead of Shesterkin. I don't know what uh, what that means, uh, I don't know if it was the Rangers saying, hey, we think we're going to come down there, beat you with our backup. I don't know, man. Uh, but I just feel like that uh, if you're the Rangers, you want to throw your uh, your best. Because these games, A, they matter in the standings because they could matter in terms of home ice. If you look at the standings in the Eastern Conference in the Metropolitan Division right now, Carolina and the Rangers are deadlocked at 56 points. But, oh, by the way, that... Games played column shows that Carolina's got four games in hand on the Rangers. Even in points, four games in hand. Absolutely stunning. The Capitals, by the way, the Capitals aren't even in third place right now. The Capitals are in fourth place right now because the Penguins won tonight. I think they beat the Blue Jackets 5-2. The Penguins now have 55 points. So uh, there are so many good teams in the uh, Metropolitan Division, although I think in the Eastern Conference, we're seeing... We know who the playoff teams are going to be. Barring a collapse by somebody or an absolute heater by somebody, and I don't even know who because I think the Islanders and the Flyers are both way too far back uh, among the teams who might get hot. They could, but, I mean, they'd have to play. I mean, you'd have to play, like, in terms of point percentage, almost 850 in order to get uh, to a playoff spot, probably if you're one of those uh, one of those teams, just dug way too deep a hole. The Flyers have lost ten in a row twice this year. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't even fathom that. Anyway, um, my uh, my my larger point is that you look at the standings and the Hurricanes uh, have now a, I mean, a huge edge. I mean, tied in points, but with four games in hand. Absolutely remarkable. By the way, Florida's probably going to go, um, you know, win tonight, I'm sure. They're playing in Vancouver, although I shouldn't say they're going to win in Vancouver because Vancouver's playing much better. And uh, Florida has been a little bit shaky on the road, but they weren't shaky in Edmonton where they won. I think it was 6 nothing the other night. All right, let's get to a bunch of things. And a uh, quick reminder, the Hurricanes will play in New Jersey tomorrow night. 
and we don't know. We'll get to the uh, well. We'll 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 start with it right off the bat. Tavo Teravainen left the game with a lower body injury. Did come back, looked fine, and figured in. Uh, although he didn't get an assist, and I understand why, having now gotten a close look at the replay, uh, really created the goal for Sebastian Ajo, but didn't get an assist for it. Um, and played the rest of that period, although it was relatively late in the period when he did come back, uh, but did not play the third. So um, that, that certainly bears watching going forward. And he played less than eight minutes, I think, in the game. Uh, but when uh, when Tevo Teravainen doesn't play, uh, you're, uh, you're a little worried. He didn't take another shift. After uh, getting back on the ice and helping to create the goal, that was the last shift of the night uh, for Teravainen. Um, but Carolina's got depth. But in that period, they lost Teravainen, Trocek, and Svechnikov <laughs> within like five minutes, and your 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 head is spinning. Uh, Trocek came right back. Andre, you were a little bit worried because it almost looked like he might have done something significant to his hand. But then Andre came back. Uh, and helped create a goal. Uh, so uh, it was a great night all around. Carolina was really, really good. Quick summaries of what I saw tonight. And again, Alec Campbell will join us in just a few minutes. Hurricanes uh, had, I mean, all the jump in the world coming out of the first period. This is how dominant a first period. We don't always like to rely on stats, but uh, even though I don't know that they had this many chances, scoring chances, but here's the way it read on natural stat trick. Uh, 21-12 in terms of shot attempts. 11-4 on goal. 16-0 scoring chances. 16 for Carolina. Nothing. This is in all situations. Although uh, the Rangers did not have a power play. I think Carolina might have had a power play. in the. I think they did in the first period. Uh, and scored on it. That's right. Uh, high danger chances. Great A's. 11 Zero. Absolutely amazing. That was the first period. Second period, Rangers did show up. Now, it took about four or five minutes before the Rangers did show up. Carolina was all over the New York in the uh, first, what, four or five minutes of the period. And then, after Jesper Foss makes it 3 nothing. now the Rangers start the pushback. And it started with this. Kept into the blue line. Yes, great job by Ajo. That shot hits the post as Stepan was in front. Stepan was providing net front as Ajo flung one towards Georgiev. Teravainen's hurt. Oh boy. Teravainen takes a big hit and coming to his defense is Jesperi Kokkiniemi. As he went after Barkley Goodrow as the Kings didn't like the hit that was delivered on Teravainen. All right, uh, the hit was clean, 100% clean. The only the only thing that uh, we could notice is that it looked like there was some leg-to-leg at the, uh, but it was a clean hit. It was, he did not, Goudreau did not, um, you know, get him in the open ice. Teravainen had the puck. My, the first thing I thought was, oh, I hope it's not a concussion. Remember last year, Turbo missed a bunch of time with a concussion. There was about, I don't know how many, 20-some-odd games uh, that Teravainen was out for, and we didn't know when he was coming back. And he had been cleared medically to come back, but it all depended on how he felt. And it was almost getting a little frustrating, and then finally at the end of the season, he did come back. 
And you just wonder if uh, how much of all the time he missed just set him and the offense back all year long. Uh, but Turbo has been absolutely awesome. He did come back in the game and helped create the Ajo goal that we'll play for you in just a little bit. But that hit created the skirmish. Uh, Kotkaniemi comes to his defense. Again, wasn't a bad hit. Wasn't an illegal hit. Uh, certainly nothing to penalize. Uh, and then Kotkaniemi and Goudreau both got roughing penalties. Kotkaniemi got an extra two, which, honestly, that's fair. I had no problem with the way that was adjudicated. Uh, I thought that would be the case. That was the case. Five seconds into that power play, Rangers score to make it 3-1. And the Rangers then were into it. Uh, the The combination of the big hit, uh, the the arena getting stirred up, the Rangers getting the power play, the Rangers getting the goal, and then the Rangers starting to enforce, you know, kind of uh, Im- impose their will on Carolina in that stretch. Uh, and it's, the game started to look different. And then later in the period at uh, about uh, just more than five minutes left, Turbo comes back on the ice. Ajo wins a faceoff. Turbo gets the puck, takes a kind of spins to the middle, takes a shot. Uh, and then uh, Hunt for the Rangers uh, collected the rebound off Gorgiev. Uh, but as he's coming in front of the net, Ajo steals the puck and tries to force it past Gorgiev. I think it was a third try there. Uh, and Ajo shoves it in, and it's 4-1, and all of you got the three-goal lead back. And then uh, Svechnikov, who had left the ice, I think he was hit by Truba along the wall, and you thought, oh, gosh, this could be a problem with his hand. Because uh, it looked like that's where he took the brunt of it. And who knows if there isn't a problem with his hand. But he came back in the game. Uh, and with about 30 seconds left, uh, he makes a great play behind the net. Uh, and it leads to a Nino Niederreiter goal that we'll get into uh, in just a bit. But again, in the, in the second period, you lose Teravainen, Trocek, Svechnikov to injuries. Uh, and it's like, boom, boom, boom. It was machine gun. Again, Trocek hurt himself blocking a shot. He came right back almost immediately, uh, and he had a great game, and it didn't look like he was in any uh, particular bit of, uh, you know, under duress or anything like that. Uh, So he was fine. Uh, And then the third period, ugly start to the third. You knew the Rangers were going to come back. They weren't going to roll over and die. Uh, In Carolina with a 5-1 lead, you can understand, maybe sitting back a little bit, and that's the way the period looked. Uh, but the Rangers get a power play. Uh, Seth Jarvis is a hooking penalty, and uh, the Rangers cash in on it. Uh, it's their second power play goal, and the Rangers are two of three on the power play tonight. Uh, so now it's five two, and then a minute a minute and change later, a little uh, loose play in Carolina's end, uh, and a Greg McKegg rebound goal goes in, and it's five three. And there's a lot of time left. A ton of time. And you go, okay. Rod Brindamore called a timeout. Kind of restored order. I mean, it didn't look great for a couple of minutes after the timeout, but it didn't look bad either. So it wasn't like the timeout didn't do anything. The time timeout was called. The Rangers and Carolina basically played even for a few minutes, and then Carolina got their game back. And the, and the team that we saw in the first two periods kind of resurfaced for the lion's share of the last uh, 10 minutes of the game. And then they had the power play goal where Tony D'Angelo sealed it 
so that's where we are. So let's just do, run through a couple of things before we get to the goals. And again, we're not that far away from Alec Campbell uh, joining us. For the night, Carolina uh, had 65 shot attempts to 52 for the Rangers. Uh, that was a, a really an excellent third period from New York, bringing that uh, that whole number close. Uh, the Canes outshoot New York 35-23. Chances 43-20. to This is in all situations. Grade A is 24-12. to And how about this through two periods? Grade A ch- scoring chances. Carolina 22, the Rangers 4 through two periods. All of this according to natural stat trick. Uh, all right, let's go through the goals, and then we'll talk to Alec Campbell on the other side. Uh, we got underway uh, in the game. Was, I, I thought Carolina was playing great. They just didn't have anything to show for it. I mean, they they were all over the Rangers, and you wondered, man, they, they could have one of these periods where you kick New York right in the teeth but don't get anything out of it. Then they got a power play when I believe it was Jacob Truba uh, had to sit. And it wasn't a great power play, but it only has to be great for a few seconds. And it was. Trocek behind the net. It's being spied by the Rangers. Hanging on to it. Gets it to Teravainen. Back to D'Angelo. D'Angelo takes a look. Sends it to Svechnikov. Back to D'Angelo. He shot the score! On the power play. Net front presence. And the Canes have by the goal line, a 1-0 lead for Carolina. Well done there, Mike Maniscalco. Well done. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. Hey, Carolina came out like a bat out of hell in the first period. R.I.P. Meatloaf. Still think, bat out of hell. One of the top, easily one of the top 25 albums of all time. If you have it, if you if you've never listened to it, go get it. It's a forty-six minute album, seven songs in the album. They all slap. They all they all slap. Some of them are power ballads. Some of them are hard, uh, kind of hard driving rock songs. But it is a great album. And he passed away on uh, Friday, either Thursday night or Friday. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, all the uh, all the meatloaf references tonight. Uh, pretty good. Like the Rangers were two of three on the power play. Two out of three ain't bad especially against the Hurricanes penalty kill. Anyway, it's one nothing. Uh, really underrated pass back from Svechnikov to D'Angelo because it allowed him uh, to get the shot away quickly. And don't you know, uh, Vincent Trocek with a great net front and the tip pass, Gorgiev, and it's one nothing. Uh, and then uh, Carolina breaks in two-on-one Ajo to Jarvis for two. Canes, Ajo, busting in, sends it across, they'll score! Seth Jarvis, Jumps out 2 nothing. Tavo Teravainen got a puck along the uh, the wall in his defensive zone. Uh, flipped the puck out into the neutral zone. Adam Fox misplayed the puck. Um, and it just kind of bounced past him. And Ajo had a head of steam. And Fox was in no position to stop Ajo with the puck. And Ajo gets it, uh, breaks into the zone. He's two-on-one with Jarvis. And then he puts the pass through the legs, he megs Ryan Lindgren, and it goes on the back door to Jarvis, who all he had to do was tap it into an open, an open net, uh, and it's 2 nothing, Carolina. So Teravainen picks up an assist right there. It was Jarvis's eighth goal. So Trocek scores his ninth. 
a deflection in front. Jarvis scores his eighth on a two-on-one with Sebastian Ajo. Then we go to the second period. Jesper Faust uh, will pick up his ninth goal here. Carolina has to be the best team in the sport on set pieces. They they create more scoring chances off faceoffs than I watch a fair amount of hockey. I don't see it happen nearly as much as it does with Carolina. Win, draw, shoot, puck, score, goal. And that's the way it happened here. D'Angelo, he'll set it up. Shot put on and he'll score! Jesper Foss stings his old team! And the Canes go up 3-0. I think, actually, Stephen Lawrence won the draw in this particular play. Stephen Lawrence writes, and by the way, Steve is playing dynamite. Can't come out of the lineup. I mean, we want Jordan Martinuk to come back in, and I love Derek Stepan on the ice, but... I mean, Stevie Lawrence ain't coming out of the lineup. He's just playing too well. Uh, anyway, he wins the draw. Faust comes in and grabs the puck. Just, I mean, inside the circle, really. He gets the puck to D'Angelo. D'Angelo kind of uh, drifts over to the right, feeds Faust back across uh, at, you know, just inside the blue line, pretty much straight out, uh, but right at his back skate, and boy, did he tee off on it. His ninth goal of the season, Carolina leads 3 nothing. Then that's where the uh, Teravainen injury happened. That's when the Kotkaniemi double minor happened, and that's where the Rangers got on the board when Mika Zibanejad scored to make it 3-1. Uh, but Carolina got back to their game. And Sebastian Ajo won faceoff as Tavo Teravainen comes back on the ice, win faceoff, shoot puck, score goal. We're not going to worry about the fact they're aging me in dog years. Oh, Teravainen, spinning shot, Ajo with the follow-up, and he scores! Oh, the sorcery continues against the Rangers for Ajo! Yeah, with uh, if you go back to the to bubble hockey, or even that year when Aho scored three goals. But if you go back to bubble hockey, uh, Aho now has uh, four goals and ten assists in his last four games against New York. Four goals and ten assists in his last four games against the Rangers. Absolutely great. Remember uh, the the highlight goal was when uh, Ajo walked around Tony D'Angelo in that. But we're going to talk about Tony D'Angelo here in just a moment. Uh, So Ajo scores his 17th of the season to make it 4-1. And then, remember, we had mentioned that Andrei Svechnikov had gotten hurt. Well, he apparently also had gotten well. And then, behind the net with the puck, made stuff happen. Cole sends it to Smith. Back to Cole. Cole, he'll shuttle one that's blocked away. Nemeth got a shin pad on it. Smash the cup. Thinking about sending it in front. To the right, and they score! A lot of people might not know that Wayne Gretzky did, at for a time, play for the New York Rangers. How come we didn't hear that when we played the Blues? Anyway, <laughs> I'm, glad Mike, I'm glad Mike's back, though. 
I really am. I'm glad Mike, uh, Mike's back in the booth. I'm glad he feels good, too. You can tell. Uh, he had a lot of pep in his step tonight. But here's how this happens. Um, you know, regardless of what happens with Smith and Cole up top, and I think Ian Cole picked up an assist on this, Svetsikov has the puck behind the net, and he goes to maybe start the lacrosse move. But what that did is it drew uh, Schneider, the defender, and Nemeth, the, the two the two defensemen, it drew them both below the goal line, at the uh, at the res- their respective sides of the net, and it left Nino Niederreiter wide open in front. Andre did a little stick handling maneuver and then fed Nino all alone top of the crease, and he put it through the legs of Georgiev, uh, and that was five one. And you'd like to think we were done. But we weren't because it got hairy in the third period. An early power play goal. Chris Kreider's 26th of the year. 26 goals. Is he going to score 50? Get out of here. Uh, and then, minute and change later, the fourth line. Greg McKegg stuffs in a rebound of a Ryan Reeves shot. And uh, it wasn't really, a, I mean, it wasn't a great shot, but it was a little backhand shot from in tight that uh, Anderson couldn't glove. He just kind of... You know, deflects it out, deflects it out with his pad, but McKeg is right there, stuffs it in the net. It's five three, and there's plenty of time left. I mean, I mean, there was more than half the period. McKeg scores at six twenty three, five oh eight for Kreider, six twenty three for McKeg, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my, Carolina's got like thirteen and a half minutes to deal with. Uh, and then Tony D'Angelo put the icing on the cake. Trocheck, he's got the power play goal. Ajo. Ajo. For D'Angelo. He walks the blue line. D'Angelo shot. He scores! Get fired up, Tony D'Angelo. On the power play. Carolina goes up 6-3. And that's how it ended. Tony Tony D played a great game. Just a dynamite game. He had a couple of uh, miscues defensively, but... I mean, he was driving play all night long. My man, Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermissions, Carolina Radio Network. Um, That's two in a row of pretty stellar performances. Second period against Boston wasn't great. They got away with it. First half of the third period here wasn't great got away with it because the other 50 minutes were freaking awesome. Uh, Other than uh, just agreeing with what I saw, what did you see tonight? Yeah. I mean, I think that this is one of those games where the start mattered. You know, we've always made fun of the, the starting on time cliche type thing. And I've always been of the opinion that that's, it's more of a retroactive thing. Like if you go back and you say, Oh yeah, that was, that was the portion that helped, you know, that helped get the hurricanes to, to victory. I think that applies tonight because the hurricanes were utterly dominant in the first period. I looked at natural statric at one point during the, during the first period. And even after the first period, they did not credit New York with a scoring chance. None. <laughs> None scoring chances in all situations. It was 16 to nothing. And the Hurricanes had like a 10 or 11 nothing high danger chance. Yeah. Uh, 
lead in the first period. So if anything, the Hurricanes left something on the table after the first. And I think during during the second, there was a stretch there where New York started pushing a little bit. You know, they got their... It was it was actually right around the the, the Teravine and hit Kokiniemi thing, yeah. which almost came back to bite him because I mean you know where I'll where right. I'll stand on this whole thing, you know where where everyone was universally praising Kokiniemi for uh, coming to the defense of Tevo Teravine. I look at it like yeah, but he took a double minor and the Rangers ended up scoring on the power play. So look at it however you want that could have turned the tide of the game if you wanted it to, or if they wanted it to. Um, and had the Hurricanes not played so well in the first period, perhaps we're talking about a different game tonight. But overall, it was, a, I think, a big night, as big as they come for a regular season game, I think. Right. <laughs> you know, yes. uh, at least at this point of the season. I mean, I, I could imagine – some games, you know, in the regular season that come down to the wire if you're fighting for a playoff spot at the end of the season or whatever that are big games. Um, you know, I don't like the whole it felt like a playoff game and I'll just say this from my vantage point on TV, it didn't look like a playoff game at PNC Arena. Probably has something to do with the cavalcade of Ranger fans that yes. always makes makes their way into PNC Arena twice a season. But it was a pretty big regular season game against the team with whom you are directly competing for the top spot in the division. And you really had control of the game for most of the game. So between tonight and, and the last game in Boston, I, I mean, the Hurricanes are playing about as well as you can play. And that's without Martin Natchez and Jordan Martinuk in the lineup right now. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what more you can ask of them. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've scored uh, 13 goals through the last two games. <laughs> two, two on the power play tonight. I mean, you had multiple guys with three-point nights again tonight. I mean, they've, they've been awesome. Yeah. D'Angelo with his second straight three-point game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just uh, he just keeps stacking games on top of games on top of games. Uh, in that, uh, re- uh, n- not not to create a division between uh, you and I, uh, close, close, dear friends. Um, I actually appreciated Kokaniemi doing what he did because without the benefit of being able to see what happened, it would have been very, very easy uh, to assume that Barkley Goodrow, who has been known to be physical, to and knowing that the Rangers were getting it pushed in for yeah. the better part of twenty five minutes, it would have been very easy to assume that that was a that that was not a clean hit. So you see, one of your guys go down. Uh, I think Kotkaniemi's immediate reaction is to come to his teammates' defense. Uh, and, yeah, it's not great, but a three-goal lead at that point allows you the liberty uh, of doing sure. that. Uh, of doing that, It's not like the Svechnikov penalty in Seattle in a tied hockey game, which was completely unnecessary. This, the circumstances allowed 
for something like this. And then you put the Ranger power play on the ice, which is excellent. And uh, as good as Carolina's PK is, you lose the draw. Uh, and then Zabanajad just blisters one, no chance. Great feed from Panarin. Uh, and I think I think you're right because I was actually in the process of tweeting out that that hit on Teravainen changed the game. And I do think it did change the game. It got the Rangers in it. I think that hit yeah. that hit got New York engaged in the game, not just because of the the you know the the skirmish after, but I think the hit mm-hmm. itself. And the way the building yeah. kind of livened up, because you're right, you're right. There were a ton of Rangers fans there, as there always are. Um, so I think that game that got the Rangers engaged, uh, and not that long after the Teravainen injury, Trocheck goes down, Svechnikov goes down, and you're like, "What the hell is going on here?" And then Teravainen comes back on the ice. <laughs> Aho wins the yeah. faceoff, sort of. I don't know if it's. I guess it's counted as a win because Teravainen ended up with the puck, but it was sort of neutral. Uh, and then he did, d- takes a spinning shot in the slot. Uh, rebound uh, was a Dryden Hunt, I think is his name. He tries to skate through the crease with the puck, and Aho takes it from him. Uh, and then uh, hack and whack time, paying homage to John Forsland. And it goes in, and it's 4-1, and order was restored. That was the last we saw of Ter- Tevo Teravainen. Yeah. He came back for that shift. They scored. My work is done here. You guys take it from here. And uh, and then watch the rest of the game from the locker room. Uh, and then Svechnikov came back and made a great play. To uh, how, about, how about a fake lacrosse move? <laughs> yeah, and it worked, too. It was perfect. They both bit on it, and they both went to the post. <laughs> and... Uh, and you know, flash to the front of the goal. So it was uh, it was perfect. And I mean, that's what you, that's what he's going to have to do now because everybody's just basically waiting for him to do it. So um, well done by him to do that. But I would say this: I mean, yeah, you know, the hit was a turning point, but the fact that they scored on the power play afterwards, I think, only added to that uh-huh. a little bit. Yep. But but I would I would I would just counter with this. And I understand your point. Three nothing game at the time, whatever, whatever. You're probably more at liberty to do something like that. But the fact that you wouldn't do it in a big spot or a tie game or, you know, late in the third period or something like that almost helps my argument, I think, because that's when you get down to brass tacks of what actually matters and what doesn't matter and what, uh, what means something and what doesn't mean something and what impacts things and what doesn't impact things. So the fact that you wouldn't do it in that situation tells me that it ain't important enough to do. <laughs> so, Well, I think logically you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I, yeah. I mean, I agree. So, Logically, it doesn't make sense to willingly take a penalty. Yeah. So, um, so it's whatever. I don't really feel like belaboring it because I don't really care anymore. <laughs> well, I'm but, not going to belabor it either. I'm I'm not going to yeah. belabor it either. But I but I just I understood I I understood uh, in in that situation. I just understand it more. I mean, in uh, you know, but but you know, but it's it's it's. it's to me, the way I look at it is just, okay, you went to show that you were, 
like, was it more to show your teammates something or was it more to show the other team something? Because okay. the other team clearly didn't care because they went out and scored a goal right <laughs> afterwards. Uh, I think the answer to that is yes. I think it's to show both. Um, okay. And well, uh, you, you heard D'Angelo after the game uh, make a point. I know, he loved it. Right, he, of course he does. I know, he of course he does. He's very old he school. So let's, let's, yeah, let's talk about him or, you know, Jesper Faust who had another good game. But more Tony D'Angelo. This game, I mean, it wasn't a playoff game. This game mattered to Tony D'Angelo a little yeah, bit, a little bit more than other games matter to Tony D'Angelo. And there's no bitterness. I don't think Tony D'Angelo, Tony D'Angelo could not have been in a could not be in a better spot in his career right now. There's no way you couldn't dream up a better spot for Tony D'Angelo. I yeah, mean, he is yeah. balling out almost every night. He played 22 and a half minutes tonight. Yeah, I uh, I think you're right about that. I mean, whenever whenever you are trying to like reclaim your career, it, it almost helps you to come and play in a market like this, where the scrutiny is kind of less and you can just go out there and play and you're going to be one of the best players on the team. And so like, but I find myself, I find myself hoping that he wants to stick around, you know, like I, I don't know. I don't really know what makes him tick. If, if it's matters to him to play, you know, in bigger markets, you know, if it matters to him to play where he knows he's going to get more like national exposure and that type of thing, because he's been so, he's a power play machine. Yeah. And he's just like, I love watching him play. I love watching him play. And it, it does feel like it's working out perfectly for him. So I hope all that matters to him to the point where, you know, he'll want to stick around and the Hurricanes will make him an offer that he will be willing to take uh, because I like him and I hope he doesn't want to go somewhere else. But he was awesome tonight. Seven goals, 24 assists. Uh, my math tells me that's 31 points in 30 games for Tony D'Angelo. And he is now a plus 16 on the season. He's a minus player for his career. He's a plus 16. Uh, Part of the, you could not, he could not be in a better situation is he gets to skate out there on the ice every day with Jacob Slavin. And I mean, that is just... Mwah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I mean it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's sort of a I mean it's sort of a win-win for him at this point because if he's playing on the top pair with Jacob Slavin, then he's playing with Jacob Slavin, and I think they have both. As I think you pointed this out, they have bo- they have both been able to free up their games because of that. Jacob, I think has found a level of, of freedom with his game yeah. with that because he knows he's going to get a defensive effort from Tony. Yeah, he has. And, Absolutely. And, and Tony, because they, you know, they play sort of opposite but complementary styles that he can shine in that way with Slavin. But then if Tony goes back and plays 
on a third pair like he was at the beginning of the year, then he's playing against lesser competition and he still gets his power play minutes and he can still put up points. So I mean, maybe he's just the type of player that can play anywhere and he's, and he's just that good. And that's pro- that probably is more true than anything else. But, I mean, it just feels like everything's a win for Tony, no matter where he plays. Yeah, I think your 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 question about what makes him tick, what does he want? I don't think it's any of those intangible things. I mean, I mean, he's going to get paid at the end of the season. We we know that. We just don't know how much he's going to get paid. And by the yeah. way, on the low, I think Carolina signing Jalen Chatfield to a two year deal uh, is. I think a very, very smart move. And I think there is every chance in the world that Jalen Chatfield is part of their top six or seven, maybe at at worst next year. I mean, the first year is a two year, two way deal. So they can send him to the minor leagues, but they gave him a $300,000 guarantee, uh, which is dude, you're going to be in the NHL because we ain't paying you $300,000 to stay in Chicago. So um, I think is they're going to give Chatfield every opportunity to make the roster uh, and maybe even play in their top six. And you and I both liked him uh, in for the short period of time we saw him before the injury. I think he's got a great future. Uh, you know, I thought even before he went back down, I thought he was ahead of Ethan Bear. Bear's been a healthy scratch now for what three games in a row, and yep. uh, like, and as as well as Brendan Smith is playing right now. It's going to take an injury, I think, for Bear to get back in the lineup. Uh, or, uh, you know, is anybody... Brady Shea is the only defender who had not gotten COVID, so uh, Shea would have to get COVID, I think, to get Ethan Bear back in the lineup. But um, I think Chatfield's part of the future on the blue line. Carolina doesn't really have uh, any defensive prospects in Chicago. I mean, Joey Keane is borderline. I think he's, I think he's more of a 4A player. Uh, than anything else, but uh, Chatfield gives them as a cheap option. It gives them a little bit more room because you have uh, you have Cole making almost three million. I don't anticipate Ian Cole being here next year, uh, although maybe. I mean, I've I've been blown away before, um, but it gives them a little bit more flexibility to pay D'Angelo. Uh, just like the number that Kokinami is playing on this year won't be that. It's not going to be a $6 million player next year. That number is likely going to be closer to, you know, four and a half, maybe five next year. Uh, You'll have more than likely have Trocek and Niederreiter off the books, which would create even more room. Uh, You know, I I think D'Angelo's number is likely going to be around six. And I think it's still, that would still be a bargain uh, if, uh, you know, but, I mean, Tony could also take it to the market and get eight somewhere. Right, right. So I don't know how it's going to work out. Uh, I would like to think that there is some level of, uh, I think there's definitely a level of gratitude, just how far that extends uh, is another uh, another matter altogether. But he was great tonight. And to your point about, you know, he knows that he can count on D'Angelo to be, uh, you know, to you know, cover him when Slavin goes, uh, you know, on offensive walkabout. Um, I think this is the reason why Slavin believes this. Do you think there's a smarter hockey player on the team, on a team of smart hockey players? 
You think there's a smarter hockey player on the team than D'Angelo? No, I don't. I think I think they're all. I think there's a lot of really smart guys, and I think D'Angelo is one of them. I, I just think his his instincts are are second to none. I mean, in terms of his offensive game, I mean he he just knows when to hesitate. He knows when to walk the puck to the middle of the ice. I mean, both both times, you know, he did that both of those things tonight. I mean, he, uh, both those power play goals where he hesitated on the first one, gave up the shot, got it right back, yep. and then and then threw the uh, threw the puck at the net and got the redirect, and then the one that he scored where he, he walked to the to the high slot and scores. Like he just has a great feel for the game. Like a great feel for when to when to make those moves. So I mean I, and I, you know I, I assume he's you know like to me there's a lot of feel, a lot of instinct there, but I'm sure he's reading the play too. Yep. And he knows just based on the way people are aligned and all that kind of stuff when he can do it. So yeah, I think he's uh, I think he's right there with everybody else. And uh, you you talked about the two power play goals, one that he scored and one that he uh, shot the puck and Trocheck deflected it uh, on the Foss goal too. He did the same thing. He just kind of drifted uh, drifted to the right, create allowing Foss to kind of settle into the middle of the ice a little bit, uh, just inside the blue line, and then put the pass exactly where it had to be, uh, right in Foss' wheelhouse, sweet spot, and boom. Uh, good night for him again, man. Gosh, <laughs> I cannot, I cannot express how much I love Jesper Foss as a player. I can't, I can't. I mean, I, I want, I want Jesper Foss to win a Stanley Cup. Yes, he's the kind of player that just that player deserves to to have his name etched on the cup. I don't, like, I ho- I hope it happens here, obviously, but at some point in his career, I want him to lift the cup. He's that kind. Of, to me, he's that kind of player. Um, all right, let's uh, let's let's start start winding this down. Give me your three stars. All right. Once again, I mean, I had the same same uh, players as what the building had. So I had Spetch at three, Aho at two, and Tony D'Angelo at one. Yeah, I think the last two of those were pretty easy. I thought D'Angelo was an absolute bona fide one. Tonight, there were some yeah. miscues of the puck. He was culpable on the third goal, uh, but I think at that point, okay. go ahead. Was he? Was he? Because I, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong on it, but I looked at the play a couple times and I wondered if he wasn't marking Rooney at the top of the crease and Trocheck was responsible. Oh, okay, you for might be right. McKeg on the back door. I don't know. Greater schematic hockey minds could tell me better. <laughs> uh, there was a whole bunch of loose uh, play, though, in the defensive zone. Uh, there, and I mean that. I, but, but Tony wasn't even paying attention to McKay. He, he was, wasn't. He was looking at the puck, and there was uh, Rooney floating down um, to the top of the crease. So I, I don't know. I don't know how that all works. But You know what uh, the cool thing is, is that we could probably ask Tony, and he would tell us. And if it was him, he yeah. would tell us. Again, that's yeah. the the the, the me. I love talking to Tony D'Angelo. Like yeah. of all the play, I wish I just wish we were allowed in the locker room 
because I would be at 77 stall every freaking day. Every day. Yeah. We would talk uh, Phillies, Mets, baseball, and then we would talk hockey. And I bet he could talk. Go ahead. And Sunday sauce. (laughs) Uh, Sunday gravy. Uh, Listen, I... I, I say that because I asked Tony about his about um, about uh, family gatherings, and he told me what <laughs> what meals were like, and they're everything you would think they would be. Oh, my, first of all, I you know I, I you you would be a fan of this because you love good, authentic Italian food. There, I, I'm trying to remember the name of it. There's a deli in North Raleigh right now that has the greatest sausage and peppers you have ever seen. Oh yeah, I'm love that. You. Tony brought that up too. I know Dude, that was one of the like. <laughs> Tony told me basically that uh, I think I was talking to him about Thanksgiving. Right. He he said that he said that they had um like sausage and peppers and like an entire Italian meal before they eat <laughs> turkey and like Thanksgiving food. <laughs> that sounds like like it. that's what kind of. That's what kind of day it is in the D'Angelo Thanksgiving household. I mean, that is some serious, serious. I mean, God bless their their septic system. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is it is good old Northeast uh, authentic Italian uh, Italian yeah. Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I love talking to him. I have uh, I have an absolute blast, and uh, he really is. He is so smart. He analyzes the game. You would never hear Tony say, "I got to look at the tape." He would never say yeah, that because he the, 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 he has basically every play of the game committed to memory. Um, the my only change in stars, uh, I went Trocheck as the uh, third star. Okay. Um, yeah. But I think there were a number of players who I thought had great impacts in the game. Obviously, Andre did. Um, yeah. I, I thought, uh, I thought Steven Lawrence played a great game tonight. Uh, and that line continues to be excellent without producing a ton of points. Although that line did score tonight cause Faust got on the board. I think, uh, Lawrence won the face off on that. Uh, but I mean, they were good. They were good they again. Scored, scored tonight, scored the other night. My man step on didn't get on the score sheet. He probably needs a day off before he gets <laughs> on the score sheet again. Yeah, he did, and the um, the Trocheck Niederreiter Svechnikov line was it was probably yeah. their best line. So uh, and Svech yeah. was great. Uh, I thought Nino was really good tonight. Um, but look, they had a lot of guys going. I mean, it's hard to find fault with anybody. Uh, you know, they they were pretty good with the puck, except for maybe a couple of stretches uh, here and there, and that's going to happen against a team like the Rangers anyway. Uh, but man, Aho was so. I, Aho had some mistakes tonight, but I also thought that Aho uh, had his fingerprints all over the game. So that was a big. Fan. Yeah, I, I like Trocheck's game. He was my uh, reliable player of the game tonight. Was he? Um, yes. Did Andre get the um, hit of the game? Yeah, we don't have we don't have one of those right now. Oh. Anyways, but but we did. Uh, but Aho got a star, so it's all good. <laughs> um what let me ask you this. Sure. What is the what do you, what what is the goaltender situation for tomorrow? 
for, for the game against New Jersey tonight, depending on when people are listening. Uh, my understanding is that I think Ronta can, can draw back in. Okay. What was it? I don't even really know what his issue was. Uh, upper body. Upper body, okay, but so I, was just, to- I was told that he was on the ice practicing the other day. Right. So they were just right. leaving uh, LaFontaine uh, on the roster uh, to back up. So if something happened to Freddie, if he had to get pulled or if he got hurt, uh, that LaFontaine would come in. But uh, I think Ronta can play. Um, we'll certainly find out uh, tomorrow before 7 o'clock uh, or by the time people are listening to this, today before 7 o'clock. But uh, I think Ronta can go. So, I, don't, I don't believe it's a... Uh, I don't believe he's still injured. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then cool. Then I think Ronta will probably go. But if that's not the case, then I would think would you would you you would roll Freddie again, right? Oh, I think Freddie can go. Freddie, there wasn't yeah. a lot of work for Freddie tonight. Yeah, agree. No, I agree. I, I agree. With I actually that. think Freddie will play tomorrow. Okay. I think they'll. Yeah, I think they'll. Might. I think they'll roll Freddie back out there against the Devils. I don't think the Devils. Here's the, the difference in the East and the West, or the the difference in the Metro maybe and the Atlantic. Um, Devils, Columbus. I mean, the bottom, the bottom of the Atlantic, I mean, even Philly to an extent, because Philly's got high-end talent. I mean, it's just no, there's just no garbage. And, I mean, everybody's capable. I mean, the Devils are capable. This ain't going to be an easy game. So, I think no. Carolina's going to roll Freddie out there. And maybe okay, LaFontaine yeah. will back up again, but maybe not. Maybe they'll have Ronta back up, but uh, I no, think my, they'll roll my, Freddie my, out there. My thinking was, if LaFontaine is your backup again, then you go Freddie because Freddie didn't get a ton of work tonight. Yeah. He got some, but he didn't get a ton. So I think you give serious consideration to that. If Ronta is there, then I would still give some consideration to giving Freddie a start, but it's not really their MO to do it. So I would sort of expect Ronta to play probably, but I'd be cool if Freddie played again tomorrow, no matter what. So what happens with, what happens with LaFontaine once Ronta is back? LaFontaine just goes to the taxi squad. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Forget, I keep forgetting they have that. Yeah, so he goes to the taxi squad. Like, th- I could be wrong here, but I don't believe LaFontaine is going to do anything but be like a, a sub. I don't think you're going to see any starts for LaFontaine. If they need to start a goaltender that isn't named Anderson or Ronta, I think it will either be Lyon or it it would be uh, if McAniemi is healthy. Yeah, I mean, I think Lyon should be the guy, right? Well, yeah, he he would. If if McAniemi came back and reestablished himself after the injury, I think it was a back injury, if he came back and played, uh, he was dynamite. In Chicago, so was Lyon, but McIniemy was the starter. Uh, Lyon was really just backing up in Chicago, um, so it would be one of those two that would come that, that I think would play. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that Lafontaine isn't a prospect. I don't know, um, but you're just not in the middle of an of a, a college hockey season. You're not just unless you are the next Ken Dryden. You're just not playing in the NHL. 
Like I think this, right. you know, I, I know Spencer Knight did it with uh, Florida, and but Knight was a much more heralded prospect, and uh, and by the way, Knight has struggled. So, I mean, it might have just been a heater last year, uh, but right now Spencer Knight has struggled, and if it weren't for Sergey Bobrovsky returning to his best form, you know, Florida would be in trouble in net. But they're covered because Bob is playing great. Uh, so right. um, that's my feeling about uh, about goal. But I think uh, I think Freddie's going to play, and if he can't, I think it'll be Ronta. So okay, no, I just didn't. Know, I just didn't know what the, what Ronta's status was. Like I don't, I don't feel like I've heard anything definitive about him making the trip or what. Right. I, I didn't know. Well, I'm assuming he will make the trip. I can find that out probably in the next few minutes. Uh, by the way, it's snowing up here at the ranch. It is, uh, yeah, it's still snowing here, too. We got probably, I don't know, an inch, two inches, inch and a half. Really? Like that. It's, it's, yeah, it's out there, man. It is out there. It's beautiful from inside. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's from inside, great. it is beautiful. It, it, it really is like a, it, it's a pretty... It's a very pretty scene. It's a winter right wonderland. Now. See, that's it. Snow, snow, snow scenes are beautiful. Yeah, I know. I don't deny that. I don't deny that. My 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 gripe is not with the snow, but with the wintry mix crap. That well, I guess it is somewhat with the snow. Yeah. That turns us all into buffoons and makes everything harder in life, like right. going to work. Yeah, it does. It does. That, that's what. That, that's why I don't like it. By the way, and the reward for it isn't great. The the reward, the good parts of it for me, don't outweigh the problems that it causes. And so I just assumed I have it. As adults, snow is an annoyance. As a it, as a it, child. It, Snow is a ticket out of school. See, I don't, I don't, I don't think I agree with you as, a, as the the blanket statement as adults. Snow is an annoyance. I don't think so. I think people around here have a very weird and bizarre, like fascination. Like I, I really am simultaneously annoyed and fascinated <laughs> by the 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 reaction that we have every single year when this weather comes around, like I just don't understand why people get so excited. It's, it's just, I just don't like, like they like, the, like every year is the first year they've ever seen it. It's their I mean, opportunity it's to hoard toilet paper, Alec. It's precipitation. <laughs> like from now on, when it rains, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to take a picture of the rain. And I'm going to post it on my social media <laughs> or I'm going to do like a, I'm going to do like a panning shot like a panning video of it raining outside <laughs> and just be like, look at the rain. Uh, That's what people do when it starts to snow and you go on social media and everybody's feeds are just pictures of snow. <laughs> I'm like, what, what, what is this? What, what, what's the, I don't get it. It's snow. Awesome. We act like we haven't seen any snow before. It's, it's it, cause it's exciting. Cause we're all kids at heart. 
We're all I don't know. Maybe it's because maybe it's because I've lived like in places where it snows regularly, and I've seen how it's handled, and it's just not that novel to me. All you mountain people, you know? all you mountain people, look down at us. No, nah, not even a mountain person. We didn't. We didn't get a ton of. Snow. We get the same stuff growing up in Hickory as we get here. Basically, we get nothing. Here. But it's so disappointing here. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's disappointing because it turns into absolute crap. No, it's disappointing because we get nothing. I have been living in Oxford, Ontario, uh, North Carolina, Canada for almost four years. We have had uh, two accumulation snows in my almost four years living here. The first year we had like six inches of snow. It was great. Uh, and we haven't had an accumulating snow since we had last year, we had like four inches, but the next day it rained and it was gone. I'm like, come on, yeah. man. Right. Yeah. But you grew up in the, in the New York area where it snowed regularly. Yeah. And do you know, and it was a, it was a normal part of life. One year, right? and, and one year we had a 26 inch snowfall. And by the way, we, yeah. in, in Raleigh, we had about two and a half feet of snow over a three-day period uh, when I'd been living here maybe two years. Um, and my entire neighbor, my entire subdivision uh, wa- wa- was just kids on sleds. And it was awesome. I didn't even care that it was almost impossible to drive. I was able to get in, in and out of my driveway and in and out because I had a Jeep and I can, I can drive in the stuff. Uh, but holy cow, uh, like seriously, I thought we were going to get snow up here and we get nothing. Yeah. And I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. But like I, I lived in Chicago for a while and it snowed like crazy all the time. And it just became an afterthought. Like it just wasn't, it just wasn't a big deal. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm just uh, desensitized by my time up there that I just, I just don't find it all that fascinating. That's all. It's, it's, it's fine. I mean, it is pretty from the window. That's cool. <laughs> and I do like to, I do like to ski on it. And oh, if I had, a, if I had, if, and if I had a Saturday and you know, it was, there was a lot of snowfall and it was a nice day out. I'd have a good time going out and sledding in it. But the last time I had an actual opportunity to go like play in the snow. I mean, I can't even remember when that was. So at this point, yeah. <laughs> at this point, it's merely a hindrance yeah. to me. It's, it's uh, it has been a long time, but maybe, maybe, you know, we'll get like five inches of snow tonight and you can go yeah. out and play in the snow tomorrow. You can make snow angels. Yeah, yeah maybe I can. Uh, yeah, all right. I will, uh, I will give you this bit of news, this bit of hurricanes news, auntie Ranta on the flight to Newark. Okay. Uh, okay. And there is no determination as to whether or not he'll play. He's no longer injured. He is healthy. Uh, so it was just letting LaFontaine be the backup. And I wonder if there wasn't some deal between the team and LaFontaine to get him out of Minnesota uh, that, yeah, you're going to be on, you're going to be, uh, you're going to dress, uh, you're going to get drawn NHL paycheck a lot. <laughs> so to make it yeah. financially worth his while uh, to do this. Right. And again, it was a one year entry level deal. And I'm not entirely sure that he is the top goaltending prospect in the organization. And I would not be surprised if he was part of a deal uh, after the season to uh, to 
bring something else in or to send him somewhere where he's going to have more of an opportunity. Uh, obviously, Lyon is part of the system now. McAniemi, I think, is their top goaltending prospect that is hot, that is signed. You got the kid from Russia. There's also the kid from the Czech Republic that they drafted a year ago. So uh, who knows where LaFontaine is in their goaltending uh, pantheon. I don't even know if that's uh, the right word. Uh, on, uh, on that note, um, we'll do this again tomorrow, huh? All right. You have anything else Sounds to report? No, I got nothing. I'm all out. I'm all out of reports. All right. Uh, do you have the right Mucinex? I'm just curious. What do you, what Mucinex do you have? I do. I have, um, I don't know. I don't know what the right one is, but I've got, uh, Mucinex, Fast Max, Cold Flu, and Sore Throat. All right. Uh, if if you have to give them a maximum, card, ma- ma- maximum strength. If you have to give them a card and show your ID, that's the right Max uh, Mucinex for you. No, I don't have that. Uh, I don't have that. You got to get that. Yeah, because I <laughs> I got it at a grocery store. I didn't yeah. get it at a drugstore. Yeah, you got you you got to do that. That's the that's the good stuff. That's the stuff they make meth with. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's funny. You got to get your ID. Right. Make, I sure always, you're not, make sure you're not in the system. <laughs> yes. I. I always. I always I go right to the counter and say, "Where's the stuff you make meth with? I need that." <laughs> so. All right. On. On that note. Uh, best to you and the brood, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. All right, man. Same to you. Talk right. to you soon. I ain't lying. I ain't lying. Well, I, I wouldn't go ask them exactly the way I did. Give me the stuff that you make meth with. No, don't, don't say that. You get a card. You have them, hand them the card because uh, they don't put those medicines out. They're over the counter, but they're behind the counter at the same time. Uh, and then you hand them your ID. You just can't buy uh, more than one, I think, every two weeks or three weeks, something like that. Uh, other than that, Hurricanes win it uh, 6-3. Second straight win. They've scored 13 goals in their last two games. They're in first place, 27-8-2. 25 regulation wins is best in the NHL. 56 points tied with the Rangers, but again, four games in hand. The Rangers' record is 26-11-4. Carolina, 27-8-2. Canes will play in New Jersey on Saturday night, 7 o'clock start. We'll see if Auntie Ranta draws in. My guess is he will if he is... Uh, 100% healthy and on the trip. Uh, so I think we'll either see Freddie uh, as a, I don't know, taxi squad member and LaFontaine backup, or Freddie will just be the backup uh, for the game in New Jersey. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, three points. Sebastian Ajo, three points. Vincent Trocek had a goal and an assist. Uh, good night for the Hurricanes. Big win over the Rangers. Uh, we are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Go check them out online, aluminumcompany.com. I think I already said that. Siding, roofing, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets. You got it all right there. And follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Where else can you get goaltending updates, uh, it, it, you know, uh, medical advice, uh, and snow conversations. Only here on the Morning After Podcast. I am Adam Gold. See you tomorrow. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. 
You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.